0: That the transfiguration happened on a mountain is not a mistake, for in reality, mountains are holy places. As we know, Moses received the Ten Commandments on a mountain. The ancient Israelites thought that God dwelled on one. Nowadays, many people hike mountains for the thrill of it. For a mountain gives us a wider view, an overall view. Mountains help us to see the patterns in things. In other words, they give us a new perspective. When we climb a large mountain, we feel small and insignificant. We sense grandeur, majesty, and beauty. We feel close to God, where in fact, we are with God. On Mount Tabor, the sky was bright, and Jesus was praying. And as he prayed, his face shone, and his clothes became white and dazzling as snow. On one side stood Moses, the great lawgiver, and the other was Elijah, the greatest of prophets. There's just no mistake, as Jesus is the last of a long line of prophets, Moses and Elijah tell us this. And Simon Peter, shaking out of fear, finally utters the words, Lord, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Elijah, and one for Moses. Why did Peter say this? Well, in doing so, Peter wanted the glory to last. He wanted to prolong it. In other words, he wants to bypass the mystery and suffering of the cross. He wanted to feel safe and stay away from trouble and danger. And finally, a voice comes down from heaven and says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Why the transfiguration? Why this particular experience? Looking back on it all, the transfiguration gave the disciples a foretaste of the future. In other words, they would need hope, strength, and glory on another day. Another day on a darker hill. And this time, there'd be no sun. The wind would howl and rain would pelt. In the face of Jesus, once brilliant and glowing, would now be covered with sweat and blood. No dazzling clothes here. In fact, are there any clothes at all? Instead of Moses and Eliza, there would be two other companions, not friends or disciples, but criminals, one at his left and one at his right. There'd be no voice from heaven, only those who would taunt and scoff and mock. If you were truly the Messiah, come down from the cross. He saved others. Why not save himself? Answer friends and disciples, there wouldn't be any. All of them ran away in fear. Now the only thing in common between the two mountains was Jesus was praying. For prayer sustained him in times of glory and in times of despair and desolation. Prayer was a special relationship with God his Father. And even then, like each one of us, Jesus had his doubts and sometimes fear. My God, my God, Why have you abandoned me? What do Mount Tabor and Mount of Calvary have to teach us? Precisely that there will be times of glory and sorrow in our own lives. That we have to use these moments of happiness and glory and joy, however fleeting, to sustain us. Sustain us in times of trial. Sustained us in times of sadness and despair. It also tells us that there will be times of happiness and joy in our lives. and times of darkness. And that God is always with us in both. Like Jesus, we need to pray always. And trust in God, his Father. Especially when we feel forsaken and abandoned. We need to trust that the darkness of the cross will always lead to light-filled resurrection.